0: Welcome to The Legendarium. Before you got here, I was for like an hour solid. I'm sitting here making notes for this episode and eating sour gummy worms. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm just like super twitchy. And <laughs> I, it might as well have been cocaine. I feel so energetic right now. Welcome everybody to The Legendarium Podcast. I'm Craig Hanks and over there that is... Wow, Ryan Bruckman, it's been a while since I've had to answer for myself. I'm so used to being insulted. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, As always, we encourage you to join the conversation at thelegendarium.reddit.com. Check out the other series that we've done at thelegendariumpodcast.com. And lastly, please be kind and leave a review in iTunes. It really does help, and uh, we need that help. Uh, Oh, I should also mention, go to patreon.com slash legendarium to support the show there. Now... Today, uh, we're doing one thing we haven't done in a long time, and another thing that we've never done, mm-hmm. so far as I know. Uh, first of all, we're doing a Ryan and Craig only episode.
1: Yeah, it's been like years.
0: I Literally, mm-hmm. probably. It's been at least 100
1: episodes since we did that i'll bet and hopefully these are better than the last set that we did <laughs> which ones well are going you back to lord, of the, lord of the rings or any of those you know we <laughs> hopefully we get better since the,
0: then yeah i still get people who email me and they're like i just i just found you guys and listened to your lord of the rings episodes and loved them and i'm like oh good hang in there because it, it gets a better. lot better <laughs> uh anyway uh but the thing that we've never done as far as i know is we have never tried not to spoil something Mm mm-hmm uh now that's today that's oathbringer it's a big day everybody today uh, oathbringer was released you should all be very very excited uh and hopefully you have your copy and maybe you've started it um first of all
1: any bets ryan on whether we can pull this off uh there might be some more of that bleeping that people started questioning on Reddit. Like, why did you bleep that? What did he say? Oh, spoilers?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I hope we don't have to bleep anything. but um I should note we are not going to spoil any big twists or reveals. And if one of us accidentally does, yeah, we'll bleep it. Uh, but you should know it uh, it really would be impossible to talk about this without at least some of the broad strokes. Mm. we're We're going to mention a few things that happen in the story. Uh, like I said, nothing earth shattering or, um, or game changing, but just be aware if you want to be a hundred percent blank slate for Oathbringer, you shouldn't listen
1: to this. Yeah. Just to be safe. I mean, it's, uh,
0: but then again, you also should not go online or talk to anybody or do anything until you finish the book. If that's the case.
1: Yeah. Because you're people are gonna want to talk about this book with you as as soon as they find out that you're reading it they're gonna want to talk about it with you
0: exactly i know i do
1: um okay so uh, and also by way of clarification this is not our only oathbringer episode we will do a spoiler episode down the road a little ways but
0: when you say episode what you mean is three episodes right yeah one for each book that's actually contained inside this, (laughs) this book exactly yeah they say a story usually has three acts say, well, why not you make a story with three stories?
1: Yeah, Eh? pretty much.
0: (laughs) That'll work. Uh, Okay, so first of all, I actually, speaking of going back to our roots, I wrote a synopsis for this. I tried to boil, (laughs) I can't even say it with a straight face. I tried to boil Oathbringer down to three paragraphs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Oathbringer still focuses on our three main characters, Kaladin, Shallan, and Dalinar, but the focus of the flashbacks in this book is Dalinar and his backstory. Also relevant is that the title, Oathbringer, refers not to a fictional book as in the last two volumes, but to Dalinar's Shardblade. His flashbacks tell the story of how he gained it and what he did with it once he had it. Since the story of the Night's Radiant is all about broken people, it's not much of a spoiler to say that the Dalinar flashbacks, much like those of Kaladin and Shallan, are both illuminating and devastating. While the book focuses its illuminating flashbacks on Dalinar, fans of our other heroes need not worry. We spend plenty of time with both Kaladin and Shallan, Kaladin spends a good portion of Oathbringer learning that fulfilling his Windrunner Oaths, if you recall, I will protect those who cannot protect themselves and I will protect even those I hate so long as it is right, requires actions that are not always easily justified. Meanwhile, Shalon is faced with the same dilemma as Vin, the heroine of the Mistborn trilogy. She must decide which of her personas is the true one. The more literal nature of Shalon's journey towards self-understanding is a result of the magic systems peculiar to Roshar and Shalon in particular. Ultimately, Oathbringer, while clocking in at an eye-popping 391,840 words, manages to be the tightest of the three Stormlight books in terms of character scope, especially in the last half. As with The Way of Kings, there comes a tipping point somewhere around halfway through the book where the setups beget payoffs, which come faster and faster until the final pages. If you'd asked me at page 500 whether Oathbringer is a page-turner, I'd have said no. But by page 800, it was a firm
1: yes. Thoughts? I agree with all of that except for one phrase. What? What? That Oathbringer is about his sword. It is not, the the title. What? It is not about his sword. Whatever. It is about a book. Oh really? Yeah.
0: Oh uh, oh, you're oh you know what? doggone it. I hate that you. I <laughs> stop being right. That's yeah. the only thing, and I won't say anything else. No, about you're it, but, you're right. I did. I, I know what you're talking about, oh, and I I forgot about that, and shame on me. Shame.
1: Yes, your um, shame in your journey.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there we go, uh, but uh, there you go. Three paragraphs, and now you've basically read Oathbringer, and you're
1: good. You don't have to. No, don't yeah, even have to crack to it open. Off. You're you're done. I would not short yourself that. This is definitely. You're. It's gonna take time. I I remember feeling very excited. And especially when we got the uh, we got advanced review copies to be able to do this. Yep. And um, I remember thinking, great. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take a weekend, and I'm gonna tackle this thing and you jump into it like you jump headfirst into a pile of sand it just you hit and you stop <laughs> you go okay this is gonna take some work like not because it's bad or not because anything but it just the amount the density of this work is incredible and you have so much to work through um I, that it it like I, I i kind of agree with the scent you know it's not a patient not that it was boring at the beginning no 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 that's not what i mean but it it definitely i, I kept you know, every now and then I look down at the page i'm like okay well i'm on page oh 400. <laughs> sweet moses wow i got another 800 to go all right here we go yeah yeah you know. uh i i'm
0: reminded actually in that way very strongly of the way of kings it wasn't so much this way with uh words of radiance mm-hmm. uh, but i remember in the way of kings i was reading the kindle edition and i mentioned this on our old way of kings episodes so forgive me if you've already heard this but there was, I had already tried to read it once, and I gave up uh, a third of the way through the book or something. I got distracted, and, mm-hmm. and uh took me a while to get back to it. But then when I did, I noticed that at 51%, there's a scene that happens in The Way of Kings at 51%. Uh, spoilers, I guess, if you haven't read The Way of Kings, but if you haven't, you wouldn't be listening to this. But um, when Shalon is finally, she sees the, um, the spren around her with mm-hmm. the shifting faces and the, the pattern faces and they start chasing her and she's sketching and running and all this stuff. That scene was so amazing that I, I I noted exactly where I was 51% through the Kindle edition. And I could not put the book down after that. Mm -hmm. And there's a similar thing. It's not at 51%, but there's a similar moment somewhere in this book. And I'll find it the next time I read it Mm -hmm. where it's it like it, it's game over. Your life is over until you finish the book.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. I agree. I agree. Um, and, I really, it, it, again, it's tough to, to not get into spoiler stuff, but one of the things that I really appreciated about this book is that at the end of Words of Radiance, um, at the end of each of these books, actually, you're handed a series of questions usually a lo- uh, on top of things. You know, what does this mean for the future? And this is no different, um, but you do, from Words of Radiance, uh, get the chance to explore some of those questions that you or some of the questions you had at the end of Wars of Radiance start to be explored a little bit more. And little tiny seeds that were sprinkled along the way start to pay off a little bit more, and you start to see things pay off that, that were there before. Um, Never mind all those
0: other seeds blowing behind you now.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things, for example, is with it, I mean, it's not really spoiling anything, but we're in Uri Theater now. Right. Yeah, you know? and, you know... Oh, just Stop saying that like a freaking, I don't know what... Spaniard? Like a, a, a
0: Spaniard or something. I don't know. It's, what am I saying? eurythry like <laughs> it it sound I don't know. You're just you're rolling, you're, you're rolling your R's and you're making me feel uncomfortable. I'm sorry. Like cause... when I like when I invite people over to come eat crepes uh. and they're like, "Oh, you mean crepes?" and I'm like, "No, that hurts. Yeah. I can't."
1: Well, I pronounce it urithiru. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> anyway, yes, we are there now. But for me, at the end of words of radiance, it was what is this? You know, I was really excited to explore this new city and find out a little bit more about it, and that becomes a, a plot point of of Oathbringer them trying to figure out this is a new city what it's not like they came in and flipped the light switch and all of a sudden hey it works exactly. right it's it's this is amazing someone just you know happened to leave the furniture undusted no no they got to figure out this city and i i appreciated that piece being uh a plot point that they could have just kind of put as a back piece like just they could have just said they could have flipped the light switch on in your theater you know plugged in a a sphere and all of a sudden everything works right but they don't you know it's it's a very real journey and i appreciated uh being able to explore those questions that i had at the end of book two and be part of the journey into three even though it wasn't one of the main plot points
0: yeah definitely and it's um it's one of those things that you know is going to get explored a lot probably in the next book maybe over the next two um anyway i i know that uh sorry this is a hard right here but Uh, I know that Stormlight is supposed to be 10 books, but my understanding is that it's basically two sets of five. Yes. We are halfway through the first. We will be getting a resolution at the end of book five, I'm assuming, to the current story. I wonder Mm -hmm. if it's going to be kind of a Mistborn type thing where there's different eras, um, and you know he'll skip forward several hundred years or or whatever, something like that.
1: I don't remember offhand, and I I know that there are definitely some Cosmere enthusiasts out there who right now are they are furious that i don't know the yeah answer to like
0: how dare you guys be talking about this without knowing you should know uh, but
1: <laughs> the what we know is that these the characters that we have now are our perspective for the first five and then we will have a new series of characters for the second five mm-hmm. whether that is pushed forward in era that's possible or whether it's just a transition to another um perspective i can't really when when you're dealing with the whole world it's kind of hard to say well give me five new perspectives uh,
0: that don't have anything to do with this story yeah yeah i would assume if, if oh no i don't i don't assume but i could imagine that uh, it's five new characters that go off on a new cosmere quest maybe mm-hmm. maybe you can take the stormlight powers and and head out elsewhere what was that book we read six of the, of the dusk where we're sitting there going oh wouldn't it be really cool if we had more about this world well what if mm-hmm. you took a bunch of stormlight wielders and stuck them on, on whatever planet that was. I can't even remember.
1: Yeah. Um, something like that.
0: Uh, okay. I can we're, see that. We're getting into the weeds a little bit here.
1: Yeah, a little bit. But I mean, it, it is a legitimate question to ask you know, what does the second half of this series look like? Um, Even though we're only halfway through this one, or a little past halfway, you know, five books. We're at, and this is three. Um, Math, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> He's good at it. I'm good. That's right. <laughs> but I, I really, I don't, I'm not going to worry about it too much, but it is something, because in the past I had thought, well, maybe he's going to take some of these um, interlude characters that we've seen and use those to be the other five. Yeah, to seed the next books. You know, where we'd be sitting there like, okay, let's learn a little bit more about Lyft. And then he wrote Edge Dancer, and I was like, well, maybe he's not going to you know, bother with that. And there's also like little people who keep popping up in the story that for the most part get ignored um like axes of the collector right things like that like oh maybe maybe that's going to become a plot point i don't know not really worth but as of right now i actually have no idea where the next five go yeah, yeah it's uh i guess sit back and enjoy the ride at a certain point yeah the end of the end of this series of five I, i'm sure will give us a little more uh clue as to what that right. would be
0: right uh so let me ask you this uh, so how fast did you read this book how long have you had that book
1: uh i don't remember gosh it must be at least a month yeah right. part of yeah my reading speed is a little bit difficult to gauge because i've got rehearsals four nights a week and and uh, i went to hawaii hashtag actor's life and i went to rehearsal for or, and i went to rehearsal i went to hawaii for two weeks doing a, a work conference
0: there's a, a hawaii rehearsal for the for the real time you go to hawaii yes. right um
1: but pretty much anytime i sat down i tried to knock out a a 100 pages each time I did it and I sometimes was not successful in doing that no, that is a
0: tall order
1: so yeah I, I think I was probably f- knocking out anywhere from 60 to 70 pages per good dedicated read yeah that seems like a pretty good pace and the reason I bring this
0: up is because yeah I, I, I had the book for maybe a, a week or two longer than you did um, and I think I read about the same clip until the last third of the book when it's just like I said, your life's over until this is done. Just sit down and read. Um, and yeah, the, the, it's so thick, it's so dense that sitting down and just going through half the book, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to kind of manage people's ex- expectations a little bit. Don't think that you're going to bomb through this entire book. And if you, if you are a person who speed reads um, and you do read this in... You know a few hours shame on you shame, yeah. shame uh this is the kind of book that deserves to be uh read slowly and enjoyed uh uh-huh. there's there's a ton of information you're going to miss stuff if you're skimming through it and just kind of
1: picking out the the major plot points so. Shame, shame on you speed readers. Yeah. Everyone who says that you're taking the weekend to read it, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I'm going to bet against you on this one that you probably aren't going to finish it in a weekend.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, you might finish it, but then I'll then I'll give you the uh, reading tests. You know, I'll, I'll be Professor Craig. I'll give you the comprehension <laughs> test at the end of it and laugh as you don't. Did you catch this? Did you catch that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, even I, like, I read it fairly slowly, about the same pace you did. Uh, Fifty to seventy-five pages at a sitting, and um, and I I know that there are there're twice as many things as I remember still in the book mm-hmm. that I need to go back and and
1: discover. Oh yeah, and I'm very much looking forward to a reread on this one. Yep. Um, to to catch a lot of those things and to see some things that are set up within the book itself and and catch pieces of previous books and um, and actually read some some connections to other Cosmere related things, which. I will. I know we're, we're going to talk a little bit about um, things that are worth reading before you read, like to make sure, you know that will make this more enjoyable.
0: Maybe maybe we talk about that now. Uh, we were talking kind of before we turned on the mics, and there's a there, there's old thing about Words of Radiance where Brandon says uh, if you're going to read Words of Radiance, you might want to go read Warbreaker first. It's not required. You don't have to. You're not going to. It's not going to mess up the story for you if you haven't read Warbreaker, but there's a a reveal in Words of Radiance that will really kick a lot harder a lot harder if mm-hmm. you've read Warbreaker. Well, he takes that concept and just cranks it up to 11 and sprinkles it throughout this entire book.
1: Yeah, there's we're really starting to see for those who are cosmere enthusiasts, you are really starting to see why this is kind of the central world of Cosmere-related things, or you're starting to see a lot more of it happen on the larger scale. And so to be more aware of the other pieces out there will not only help you with uh, characters, but with understanding the interaction between shards and, and other things going on, it's worthwhile to have that connection, and uh, you don't have to. If all you've read is this series, you will still enjoy this story, but you may find... Um, you'll. I think in this one, unlike others, you will have moments where you're like, I can tell this is a character from another book or this is somewhere else but i don't know what it is and and you i i
0: suspect i would have said through the first two books no it's fine it really is fine you don't have to have read the other stuff in this one it's technically fine like he structures the story in such a way that you don't it's not vital that you have read that other stuff but but in in reality I'm thinking of a particular character and a particular object in this book where somebody who's not familiar with all the Cosmere stuff is going to be left kind of
1: scratching their heads. Like, look, this book was... Who was was that person and why are they so important? Because they got more focus than usually... They
0: got a lot of page counts. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, and
0: you're going to be wondering, okay, this book was 1,200 pages. An editor really should have trimmed some fat out of this, right? Well, here's this character that... Uh, you know has no backstory or resolution why is this character in here and if you are in the know it's very cool very cool to see that character doing what they're doing Mm -hmm. Uh, but if you're not then you're gonna just sit there and wonder what's going on in
1: tor's office i'm kind of well yes and no you can tell there's something special about this character and if i were reading this without having the connection to other things which Going back to Words of Radiance, we had people like yelling at us like, How have you guys not seen this? How have you not connected this? <laughs> Look, this this is a short moment of spoiler not for Oathbringer, but for Words of Radiance. If but I don't expect you to be listening to this if that's the case. When people were yelling at us about the whole Xyle reveal, and that's why Brandon's like reading Oathbringer or reading Warbreaker Matters, like it really in Words of Radiance it didn't matter too much because Xyle was just a character that kinda helped someone else along. In this one you didn't, but you think is, you you knew there was something special about him, but not anything that could have possibly been. He he could have been easily interchanged
0: with a non special character, yes. and it wouldn't have really changed the story.
1: Yeah, you'll be dealing with, and in Oathbringer, you kind of deal with um, something similar, but this one, the person is too special to not be a uh, right. interchange. Yeah.
0: Uh, okay, so what's what's the, the I guess my final word on on this thought is that I'm not sure I'm loving that for this book. I, I feel like it's too difficult now for me to recommend the Stormlight Archive to somebody who is a newcomer, not just a fantasy, but a, uh, but Brandon Sanderson in particular. Mm-hmm. So if somebody says, hey, uh, you know, I've heard a lot about this Sanderson guy, where do I start? It used to be very feasible to say, oh, well, you, you like epic fantasy already. So I know you've got a taste for this stuff. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and start with the Stormlight Archive. A lot of people say I'm—I'm I'm not sure I'm on this boat, but a lot of people say, "Oh, it's his best work. Uh, you're gonna love it." Um, mm-hmm. Start with the Stormlight Archive, and and then go from there. And now I'm kind of thinking, no, you—this really is something you've got to save
1: for last, and, and just kind I can of by, by
0: virtue of the Cosmere. I can
1: understand that sentiment. I don't think the—I don't agree with that in the sense. I think you could you could come in on Stormlight Archive. That's a really big ask, and they better be prepped for epic fantasy, and we've discussed that previously. Um, I do think it holds enough. It does not derail the story. It does not prevent you. You will just have a few moments of going, that seemed a bit off. Um, Right. Which may, what what it may do is just make you think, it may taint your view of this book in the Stormlight Archive and just be like... Well, there was that weird section that didn't make a whole lot of sense <laughs> to me right, there. Right. But as a whole, I don't think it. I think you'd finish this book. Still, you'd finish this out and be like, yeah. It, I, I won't, It won't detract from your reading experience enough to be for me to not recommend it. Still. Yeah. Although if, I still recommend Emperor's Soul, Mistborn. Oh my gosh! As, yeah. As entry points.
0: Um. If yeah, as entry points, definitely those two. If but if somebody were hell bent on starting with the Stormlight Archive, I would say fine. Okay, fine. Read. Uh, what's the first one? The Way of Kings. Mm-hmm. Read The Way of Kings, and then read a couple other books. I'm gonna give you Atlantis and Warbreaker. Read those. Okay, you've got those under your belt. Now you can read Words of Radiance. Don't go on to Oathbringer though. Uh, go read the Mistborn ones. Cleanse your palate. Mistborn is amazing. There's six books. Mm-hmm. You'll yeah, the first three will take a long time, but you'll rip through the second three. Um. You know, and, and then go back and read Oathbringer. Get get all that Cosmere stuff under your belt before you've started Oathbringer. Um, and so, and I would say for anybody who is, who has already read all those things and they're about to dive into Oathbringer, I would say hop online and go through synopses. If you don't want to reread all the
1: books, just make sure you're up on, on the happenings of all those. Mm-hmm. Might, yeah. might be a good policy you'll have moments of wait a minute i recognize that from somewhere and yeah. it's good to have that refreshed it took um with that particular
0: character in oathbringer that we keep talking about it took two reveals before i finally figured it out uh-huh. probably because of my distance from the last time i read warbreaker mm-hmm. so uh anyway so, uh, where would you want to go i can't even talk anymore can i tell you by the way side note Before you got here, I was, for like an hour solid, I'm sitting here making notes for this episode and eating sour gummy worms, Mm -hmm. and so now I'm just like super twitchy, and it might as well have been cocaine. I feel so energetic right now. I can't can't control
1: myself. we are going to have to start putting a bowl of those out before we record every episode, and then (laughs) everyone will get really excited about
0: it. Exactly. What did you listen to, if anything, while reading this book? Just as a point of fun. So...
1: Um, when we, when you first got the advanced review copy, cause you actually got a copy before I did. Thank um, you, Tor. Yes. Thank you. We love you. We'd happily do this again. Um, I started reading the online releases that they did to match up. So oh, I figured, right. I figured, you know, Craig's a fast reader. He'll power through this. And then, you know, maybe I'll have a week or so before we have to record before the release to, to do this. Um, no, that wasn't the case. <laughs> thankfully. Uh, but I started reading the online ones with the Sanderson soundtrack that he has on Spotify. Yes, yes. And there were times that the music synced up perfectly to the scene I was listening to, and yep. I was like, that is glorious. I loved it. Other times, I was like, mm, okay, but for the most part, like, um, I, I highly recommend that. If you are someone who can... Uh, I, My one thing about listening to music while reading, it can't have lyrics. Some of his right. have lyrics, some of it doesn't. I had
0: to skip the ones with, with lyrics, definitely. Uh, yeah, the climax of this book should be read to... If you go on Spotify, you can search Stormlight 3 soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And the creator of the playlist is Mistborn 1. That is Brandon, Brandon Sanderson. Sanderson. Um, and it's uh, it's a few hours long. It's got a bunch of very epic... Uh, tunes in there Mm -hmm. some that are a little more sedate and and pensive Uh, but yeah it during the climax of this book you must turn on that soundtrack because when when some of those songs come on and they sync up with moments in the climax it is it's very quite an experience
1: it's very dark side of the moon with wizard of oz like
0: (laughs) speaking of drugs (laughs) uh, so yes i did the same thing i also listened to check this out I, I found a playlist on spotify called synth wave from space you would love it you've <laughs> okay. got to go listen to it all right uh if you like synth music uh it's it's all like kind of uh 80s synthesizers it, and it's songs that have something to do with space and so there's songs about like sputnik and the first moonwalk and <laughs> And uh, you know, colonizing the stars. I'm and all really this stuff.
1: interested to how this would connect with this because that does not seem like it would connect with this. At well, this but... it's
0: one of those you know there there are no no or few lyrics in the whole mm-hmm. in the whole uh, playlist. But um, it was for me. I like something that's uh, fairly hypnotic, mm-hmm. and so maybe not. This may not be the best for like the climax of the book. But for the bulk of it, where I just really want my mind to get in the groove and center in on the story, I like something that has a strong hypnotic beat. And synthwave from space for the win, baby. I loved that one.
1: I wonder if that would be good for dealing with Things, you know, the harder concepts to understand, you know, things like, uh, like, uh, Shadesmar or something like right. that might be a good connection or something like that. Man, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I just got, I got really
0: into that. I also discovered, um, Closey. She's this French trap EDM artist. And she was, she was also hypnotizing me to death while I listened to this. I love it.
1: You sent that, you sent one of her songs to us over our Facebook chat that one day. Oh, yeah, work. yeah. And I turned it on at work and I was like, I it was going, like, okay shut up i hate you but the, the thing was like i was like okay this is interesting or whatever but i left it running and it kept jumping through her songs and after mm-hmm. like 10 or 15 minutes like it was just there and i was i was zoned in, the zone. in i was, yeah, I was yes. like yes this is a okay the initial response was
0: what and then it finished <laughs> off with yeah yeah I, I can only imagine what todd thought if he dared to play push play on that <laughs> one like, what are you, why are you sending me this possibly you idiot uh okay so let's see i want to know audiobook this is a question uh that, that i ask myself and that other people ask me often should i read it or listen to the audiobook does it matter
1: do you have an opinion um my decisions are based on necessity first i would say <laughs> like for me audiobook is almost a necessity to be able to finish like right this is the first time in a while i've had to actually power through a, the pages an, of a an book actual Paper, you know, book it, instead of I have a 40 minute commute one way and uh, usually a 40 to an hour minute commute the other way. And when I have rehearsal, it becomes 120 minutes. So um, I usually use audiobooks and I'm really excited to listen to the audiobook for this one actually for a few reasons. There's a couple of characters that I'm really excited to hear how they voice mm-hmm. and what they do with that. Um, so I'm super excited about that. Uh, but I,
0: I, I would say you've got to read it at least once. Mm hmm. Um now first of all let me back up and say I think we've already mentioned this book deserves and needs a reread. You're going to need to reread this, so don't worry. You're going to be reading it more than once. Mm-hmm. I would say you should read it at least once uh because you have got to slow down. You you're going to need some time to process some of the emotions and some of the Cosmere concepts and things like that and I audiobook for all of its uh its wonderful qualities it doesn't allow you to do that it's just gonna steamroller on mm-hmm. uh, you know and and so i would say maybe your first time read it if you can and There's... then go back and listen because i do love it's michael kramer and kate redding mm-hmm. and they're fantastic and i'm sure they're gonna do a fantastic job with this so
1: yeah and there was a number of times in here that i did have to go back and i mean yes you can hit the 15 second back button on a pod, on the audiobook and or zip back. But when you're doing 75 down the freeway, you're not
0: going to want to do that.
1: Yeah. Um, so I, I agree with that. The other thing is, and I would say this as a general rule, by now you've started to, especially if you've been listening to us, you should have connected a few things. Um, that The chapter headings, things like that matter. The, the art matters, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you start to think, because I know I did. I came in like, okay, I know to look for these things in the chapter headings. I know to do this. Don't bother. You know what? For this, your first read-through, don't worry about it. Someone will go and connect connect it <laughs> exactly. all together later for you. You can go on the seventeenth shard. It'll all be there for you. If you try and piece things out of what's there right now, you're only going to burden yourself with things that are that are going to. It's just going to bog your mind down. Right. Don't worry. Right. Don't worry about it right now. Deal with that on a second read through, third read through, or wait for someone else to do the compilation. Um, it's they're really cool sections, but it so it's not worth trying hey. to 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 figure out where it fits in the story. Now
0: that I'm done, I am planning to go back and actually assemble all of the chapter headings mm-hmm. from the first few sections, uh, maybe all of them, because I know that there's going to be some clues in there. Yeah,
1: so. and it's it's followed the the pat it's followed the current um, pattern where we have, you know, we have letters being written, we have uh, notations being written, mm-hmm. yeah, things like that. So. And once you piece together what some of them are, like, it's really cool. But at the same time, it's like, I'm not not worried about it right now. What's Dalinar doing? What's Kaladin doing? What's Shallan doing? Uh, I still say that uh, outside of Mistborn, which those are my
0: favorite epigraphs, especially from the first Mistborn book, like, that's a fantastic reveal. Mm -hmm. Uh, But outside of that, just in Stormlight terms, nothing has quite lived up to the um, Death Rattles, those from uh, the the Wave Kings, mm-hmm. th- I think those are the best chapter headings we've gotten so
1: far, or epigraphs or whatever we want to call them. Which, I, I, in my head, I'm deciding is this spoiler zone or not? Because it's actually discussed. You can piece it out in Words of Radiance and Wave of Kings where the death rattles come from, but it's made a lot more clear in Oathbringer.
0: Yeah, let's not let's not make it any clearer. Yeah. Now
1: that's a that's a very cool reveal. Let's just say that a lot of unique aspects of things that happen on Roshar get a source. Yes. Like the death rattle. Yes. Yes. And there are other things that we need to know more about that are introduced in this book unfortunately that we don't get. And it's going to be sad. It'll be a sad moment for us but when we do our spoiler episode we can actually actually have a moment when we can say you know what Ken? You were right. You were right (laughs) back two books ago. Tell your sister you were right uh
0: now before i I do have a couple other things i want to talk about but i do want to ask you because uh we are rightly accused sometimes of being sanderson partisans Mm -hmm. um and uh, just well to to borrow a fake verb from a few episodes ago squeeing all over his book (laughs) um i i do want to ask is there anything that you would say is and and again you don't have to get into spoilers here but is there it, it, did you run into anything where you're like you know what that's kind of a weak point um in this book um or about this book anything like that and it, so to give you time to think let me just tell you what i thought i am sorry but this book is too long mm-hmm. it's too long i i love epic fantasy i love brandon sanderson I love the Stormlight Archive. I am invested in all of these things and this book is too long. Um, It's, I I, I don't know if I have much else to say right now without getting into spoilers. Yeah. But it's it's just so much to digest. Is there no way? Is there no way to tell this story in 800 pages? 900 pages? (laughs) 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 Just, you you gotta trim something for me here.
1: You're killing me, man. I'm very interested because I went back and I looked at. I pulled off my copy of Words of Radiance off the shelf when we had the, kind of the length also discussion. too long. Yeah, and I looked at that and I was like, "I'm like this book is huge, and, and it's 200 pages less." <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to see. Hey, well, maybe it's maybe this book just feels long. It can't be you know much longer. And I opened up. And yeah, it's 200 pages less. I was yeah. like, we got a whole fifth of another fifth of a book length in here. And I we were joking. We were talking to um, Kyle. A while ago um, about this and he's like Brandon Sanderson is literally pushing the edges of what can physically be done to bind a book together <laughs> exactly and I, I kind of laughed at well, that, that was
0: I, I think he actually he did trim it back because I, I, if I'm not mistaken Tor told him they said look 400,000 hard limit man like, we're not binding a book bigger than 400,000 words you take a look at this thing and and I, I don't know how it's gonna look in the actual hardbound one but the advanced review copy at least which I assume will be will look very similar mm-hmm. there are no margins <laughs> the font is about nine point and uh, and there's no space between lines it, it there is it is jam. Packed. It is not just mm-hmm. twelve hundred and fifty pages. It is jam packed. Twelve hundred and fifty pages.
1: Yeah. If I mean, be prepared. I pulled it out and compared it against the words of Radiance. part of the example that my words of radiance was to compare it against it. Yeah. And if you're reading a hardback copy of words of radiance, like prepare for about that same that same like print level. Um. But yeah, it's. I will agree. This book is long. I love being in this world, though. So I have a hard time. I have a hard time. And yeah, I, I'll i admit fully, you know, sure, a Sanderson fanboy, I guess, um, if that's what it is, but the fact is, it's long, yes, I'm sure there are some flaws, uh, to things, but nothing knocked me out of the story enough to be like, ooh, wow, that, that could have been different, um. Well, there was one thing, I alluded to it
0: in my, uh, synopsis at the beginning, um, and i can't really get more into it without spoiler is spoilers, spoilers? Mm-hmm. what's that word oh yeah. man that cocaine is killing me uh no I, but stop uh, buying your sour gummy worms from the corner guy <laughs> uh oh shoot now what was i gonna say oh um i mentioned in the in the synopsis that yeah the last half of this book it you can't put it down or at least the last third maybe the last mm-hmm. half but that first half um there were quite a few instances where we're following characters that I don't care about. I don't want to know about them. I this isn't in my mind at least. This feels like an unnecessary diversion from my favorite main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I was I was willing to put up with um, the the part not the parchment. What do they call them? The not the Parsh men, but the Parshendi. No. Uh, any any diversion into that, I know that that's going to be a quick dip, and that's very interesting, and it pertains mm-hmm. to our major characters, and so I'm fine with it. But there were a lot of diversions into minor characters where it, it feels now like, oh, sure, that'll pay off maybe in book four or five. But
1: it felt very cumbersome in the first half of this book. There's, I think there's one story thread that I think fits along those lines. For the most part, I think that we have to there's some things that we needed to see from perspectives other than our main characters, and that's why we get those chapters. And so you can't argue, well then, does that need to be in there? And I'm willing to listen to that argument. But for me, there with I mean, it's kind of tough because we can't talk about specifically what those events <laughs> are. Guess. But for me, like it was a matter of if I saw this through Kaladin's eyes, I wouldn't care, or I can't see it through Kaladin's eyes because Kaladin is not there. Right, and so, like you said, then the question becomes: Okay, so do we need to see it? Mm-hmm. And if you're
0: writing Harry Potter, then the answer is no, because uh, everything is through his eyes. But yeah, um, no. But I guess my my answer to that would be: Well, that's why you have three main characters, so you can keep jumping between them, and you don't need that tertiary character palate cleanser um, between chapters. Anyway, yeah.
1: I guess I I don't want to. We'll we'll read, we'll readdress this when we can actually talk about what happens because. Yes, you're right, but it wouldn't work with this book. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, I suppose
0: um, w- once you've landed a few books at the number one slot on the New York
1: Times bestseller list, your publisher is just going to say, yeah, sure, Go ahead. Yeah, do whatever you want. <laughs> just keep it... <laughs> our, our machine cannot bind bigger than this. Exactly. Keep it under this uh, level. Yes, other than that, do what you want, man. If, I'm really hoping, and I, I, I think this could be the case, where we see... The next book will be a little bit smaller. It'll be back towards a radiant size. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit smaller. And then nice. book book five will probably sit around that same level. I think we're going to start seeing a pretty hard set at around the the thousand page mark. And the only reason I think that this book is longer on this is because we are dealing with turning points of larger like of larger groups. Like this is the fifty-one percent mark of this of this first of half the of the series. Series, yeah, so maybe I think from here on out we'll start to see it a little bit more. But again, if you go back and read, um, I think it's Oathbringer update number two on Reddit from Brandon Sanderson. He talks about how all of these books, like each one of the the Stormlight volumes, they're each three books with five. Or I can't remember if it's five books with three volumes or with three sections each. Right. Or I think it's it's three books. With five volumes in each book. Right. Like, so you... It's labeled book three of the Stormlight Archive, but it's really volume three of three books in one. Right, right. But he, for publishing purposes, he won't break it up. He actually says in that, that article, like, I'm not breaking this up into two, which I appreciate. My pocketbook appreciates. Exactly, yeah.
0: It could be worse. It could be but, worse than having a too long book. Yeah. We could have two very, very long <laughs> books. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Yeah, I, I, I accept that so let me once more shift gears uh, we we're sitting in about 40 minutes now and uh hopefully we can get this done in an hour i was worried that we were going to get 15 minutes in and go nope can't talk anymore without spoilers yeah. see ya but uh but i do want to ask you this i was semi-active on uh twitter mm-hmm. um, especially for the first half or two-thirds of the book and I kind of stopped because I was like, okay, I'm getting a little bit too, maybe a little too spoilery, and I don't want to give anything away, including even chapter titles for mm-hmm. the last part of the book. So I stopped. But there was one in particular that you called me out on, and I want to know why. So there's there's a chapter, it's chapter 76, and it's a flashback Which chapter. Which still in
1: like the first third of the book. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: okay, so chapter 76, it's actually, I should say, 75 and 76, uh, mm-hmm. they kind of go together. Uh, but uh, you'll know it when you get to it. It's a flashback chapter, and it is a gut-wrencher. And I absolutely loved it. I got to the Mm -hmm. end, and I I think I had read... I I had read, like, maybe 30 or 40 pages that day, but I was like, I'm done. I can't. I can't anymore. And so I I hopped on Twitter, and I said something to that effect, basically, and and, uh, you sent me a
1: Facebook message and called me out on it. Why? So... Two two things about it. I think there are two things that affected it. Is um, One, I, I will call it the Craig effect. Uh, um, I'm nervous. <laughs> because I know... Is, what is this a sexy effect? Because it should be. Uh, no. no because I know, uh, having done this for a couple years with you and, and getting a little bit more of a, a sense as to what gets you excited in literature. Yeah. Like, when you respond and you say, this is good, like, for me, that's usually a big sign like, this... W- this is going to be epic and amazing. Like, I, for, for are you, just talking about from your perspective or mine. Generally speaking, like I can trust that in a literature sense, this this is well written. It's exciting. Everything. If I'm getting excited, if you're about getting excited it, about okay. it, I can tell. Like, this is going to be good. So I got there, and my it's that classic. My expectations were super high for okay. it. Okay. And I came in, and it's not that that chapter is, is anything to sneer at, or it is a gut wrencher. It's a great chapter, but I kept waiting for something like this big twist or something that like what got Craig so excited about this because. I just couldn't understand it. And so that... I don't know that all of our listeners may deal with that, but... Yeah, they care maybe a little less than you do, what I think, perhaps. But it was one of those things that, for me, I think the build-up to it to say, like, oh, this was so amazing, I I came out of it going, yeah, that was that was amazing. Yeah, it was fine. I, I came It was out of, as good as the rest of the book. I came out of that chapter the way that you come out of most Marvel movies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I think you are uh, being very uh very charitable toward how I feel about most Marvel movies <laughs> Uh no okay so let me let me defend myself because I went back and read it this morning mm-hmm. um, and because I wanted to know like why how could you not feel this way Ryan you know <laughs> so I went back and read it and I what I realized and this is something I've talked about with Sanderson a lot and so uh, people I hope people will forgive me for retreading ancient ground on this podcast but um, Sanderson's strength lies not in his poetry but in his prose mm-hmm. and what that means in this case is that it's all about context and when I when you read that chapter it's not that he is painting an extra uh, wonderful picture uh, it's not that he is turning any special phrases it's that he has given you characters who up to this point um, I mean, uh, well, they have certain <clears throat> characteristics. <Yeah. laughs> uh, damn myself to hell for that one. Um, but he, he's given you these characters and then he does something to them. And the beauty of Sanderson's prose is that it gets out of the way. Mm-hmm. And a- as I read it, I was watching for different um, you know, something, something that would have excited my senses. And what it is, is nothing. And I find that to be perfect. Mm-hmm. He, he, he gives you a scene with characters and he gets out of the way. He never breaks the fourth wall. He never says anything that makes you go, oh, Sanderson is such a good writer. What you're doing in a chapter like that is you're going, oh, it, it, Dalinar is such a good character. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was such a crazy situation. What a What a heartbreaking moment. Whatever, right? So mm-hmm. anyway, I guess
1: uh, there's, my, there's my defense of that. Right, I think and I think you're right. I absolutely agree with that on the And the, uh, the other chapter that you uh, quoted out on Twitter, so those who are like fiercely going back to the Legendarium Twitter feed. Going, yeah, hey, I think I did I it two or three times is all. There was one of the other ones <laughs> that you put out that I read that chapter and... The diminished, the diminished response of the first one allowed me to come into the second one and be like, "Oh my gosh, yes, I get why you tweeted that out." Well, now we need to figure out which one that was. <laughs> now I'm going furiously
0: back. The girl, uh, uh, the girl who stood. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, though once again, uh, I, I, I'll just say that's a Shalon chapter. Anybody who's kept up with the uh, the online releases knows that that's probably going to be about Shalon. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. Um, I continue to, you know, within my Sanderson partisanship, I continue to be a Shallan partisan. Mm -hmm. Um, this was not her strongest book as far as making me really, really interested in her. Um, but, but
1: she definitely had two or three of the best moments in the
0: book. As far as I'm concerned,
1: I, I really enjoyed that section and I actually, I'm going to kind of laugh because I'm going to tell my wife what you said earlier in the synopsis because I told her a little bit about the book. Um, She's read the first two, and I told her that I was getting really frustrated with some of Shalon's early conflicts in the book. In this one, yeah, yeah. I got, I was like, I'm kind of done with this, yep. And then it, you get to the, the hinge point of that arc, and it became a little bit more like, oh, it's worth it, but it is that was, yeah, that was really worth my time. That really was worth it. And her response was, oh, so that's just like in Mistborn, Vin and Valette. And then in your synopsis, you literally reference yes. that exact thing. And I'm like, I can't wait to tell like, Yeah, you think just like Craig did on that. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, well, you know, she and I are quite simpatico, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was reading this, there were a few sections where it felt like everything else he's done in the Cosmere was prep work for this. Mm-hmm. You can tell that Sanderson thinks of this as his own uh, his work his masterpiece his uh you know his magnum opus yes that's the reason for i kept going with pièce de résistance for that one pièce de résistance yes that works as well but the reason is that um you can see bits of every other cosmere story that he kind of throws in especially in this book you could probably argue it throughout the stormlight archive but especially Mm -hmm. in this book where um you have a scrappy band of diverse characters trying to free a city from a despotic ruler Mm-hmm. Uh that that sort of thing. And you have Shalon going through her Vin Vallette phase. Um that, that sort of thing where you can see as I would say especially Mistborn, uh, but all, other books as well. You can hear echoes of Elantris and, and Warbreaker, not just in the mm-hmm. in the crossover characters, but in the writing style and the in the situations oh, yeah. and that sort of thing. So um yeah, this is uh, yeah, like I said, it's, it's
1: he, he was practicing up till now, and now he's actually writing his favorite story. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. And what it tells me and what I'm really excited for is now that Stormlight 3 is out, I'm not sure what his next things he's going to be working on the next ones There's still one more of the Wax and Wayne series right? Um, to write. Um, there are still some other things out there, and I'm trying to figure out. I, I'm very much looking forward to seeing where those go because the starting level of the Cosmere series, the Mistborns, the Elantris, the Warbreakers, I mean, those are all really good. And to have those be trial areas a little bit for the Stormlight and to see where Stormlight's going, the next series of Sanderson books, I think I'm really excited to see what he's going to play with and test with and uh, to to be able to write books four and five and then books six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. It's just, it's getting better brandon doesn't seem to i mean he's not resting on his laurels i yeah. i think back to uh, we read
0: three of terry brooks's shannara books books mm-hmm. about a year ago or so and I, I think about those every once in a while because his his first gosh uh, seven eight ten shannara books are really really good uh and then at a certain point he just says oh you know i've got my formula locked in i'll just uh insert some different characters and uh uh, this time they're flying on airships instead of riding on horses. And mm-hmm. there there's my story. And he ended up kind of, well, rest, resting on his laurels and, and saying, I've, I've got it figured out. I'll just keep cranking this out um, and making money that way. And Sanderson is not, so far, has not done that at all. Right. Um Even if he, like, a, so like I said, he's kind of using some of his old themes and settings and whatnot, but he's, but it's not like I said, it's echoes of those things and mm-hmm. he's using them to devastating effect here in this book.
1: Yeah, I, one of the, the things is the, the Sanderson formula for his stories, even if it is a formula, even if you were to go through and say, well, he always has, you know, young, scrappy Vin character, whatever, discovers powers, goes, through, you know, the, that classic thing. Right. Yeah, we, that's, that's everyone's that's formula, everyone's by the formula. way. By the time you get to the end of his books, there's always something that... I have yet to be able to really read a book where I predicted everything all the way through. Oh, yeah. I can't do it. And that's, I've been able to do it with other books. Like, I can tell... You can usually predict to a certain point. Like mm-hmm. I think that's also part of the reason why certain moments in this book, uh, certain things came a little underwhelmingly to me. It was like, I, yeah, I, I knew that was going to come eventually. Um, but still at the, by the time you get to the end or to the a lot of these hinge points you're like I just don't know how you're going to do this. And then you got 20 pages left and he does it. <laughs> <laughs> Screw that guy. Man, uh, his endings are something else. Yeah. Um
0: okay. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I'll I'll leave it. I'll leave that. I do want to bring up one more thing uh, just allowing me to heap a little bit more praise on this book and on Sanderson in general, but especially Stormlight Archive. And that's um, the concept of applicability versus allegory as set up by Tolkien. We've talked about this a few times, uh, but I'll bring it up again. There are themes and concepts in this book in particular, and the Stormlight Archive uh, in general, that are um, very easy to see and very, very difficult to lock down. And I really, really appreciate that. And so there are, you've you've got the parchment, who are slaves. And especially in the American context that means a particular thing mm-hmm. historically and it makes you think of a particular thing. And then you have concepts like whose land is this anyway? And I think most people in the world can <laughs> can uh, at some point in time your land has been called something else by someone else. Exactly. So whose land is this anyway? And uh, and so it's really tempting at certain points to think, oh, he's so he's talking about blank, and he's not, right? And I really, really appreciate that uh, because he's not turning his books into some uh, stupid little allegory to you know, to preach to us, basically. It, he has said, I, I was watching a speech he gave. I want to say it was at University of Washington. Um, and he said, Look, people read all sorts of stuff into my book, and that's great. I hope people get lots out of them. Uh, My number one concern, though, is to entertain you. I want you to come away from my books entertained. Uh, And I I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. There is a lot more to be had in them. And I'm sure there are a few, you know, kind of esoteric concepts that he throws in there uh, purposely, but he's he's not saying oh, guess what? The Parshmen are African slaves in the
1: 19th century. Mm -hmm. He resists that sort of easy characterization. And even though there may be times when a character is faced with an issue that that fits along those lines and they make a decision about it, it doesn't necessarily, it it never really feels to me that Brandon is saying that's the right decision because 90% of the time, there's still consequences to that decision and they are forced to deal with those as well. I've um, Kaladin is a beautiful example of that in this book. Mm-hmm. Yep. I will tell you that there have been so many moments in this book where I had to stop for a second and think about things, like legitimately just, I need to think about that for a what minute. What am
0: I doing with my life anyway?
1: Because uh, he addresses, um, I, I very much look forward to have. I am very much looking forward to having Todd in and Kenan to talk about this because um, some of the level three things that are going to be wanted to be discussed there's there's plenty of them yeah
0: we we probably could do uh, we're
1: planning I think we're planning three but we could probably do 10 episodes on this and without breaking a sweat uh, just just for the I mean if you just wanted to talk philosophical concepts there mm-hmm. are every character faces a, a few of them in here and debating their right and wrong and there is there's some that I even took into context as I was reading them and I thought about things that I've said during our uh, Wheel of Time discussions mm-hmm. in that book series, and went, you know, if I really feel that way, that might change how I feel about the way that this, you know, other things were handled in Wheel of Time, and it, it's altered the way I've looked at a few things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I think we should probably
0: call it. We've been talking for a long time without spoiling anything,
1: and my head hurts so bad. Oh, I'm That's, sure we've spoiled some things that people will come back to us and be like, well, basically you told us this. You know, even by not saying it, you said this. And I, you know what? I hope not. I Bleh.
0: like I said, like I said, that if you wanted to be a hundred percent fresh, you should not have listened to this. But no, I think we were pretty good. So pat myself on the back. Uh, now, stuff coming up. I do want to say to all those if you've listened to the end of this and you are a wheel of time listener, I'm sorry. Yes, we are reading Towers of Midnight, (laughs) and yes, we will be discussing this here soon. I think it's been like three weeks since our Towers of Midnight discussion. Mm -hmm. Yes, we're getting back to that. Um, Stuff keeps getting in the way, uh, but it's going to happen. So hang in there. Uh, The other thing I'll mention is um, you can listen to me in a week on the Cinemaholics podcast. Do you remember John Negroni? Mm -hmm. He came on for, I want to say, Dark Tower uh, when we talk thanks. about Dark Tower. Uh, and I'll be chatting with him. Uh, so he's the host of Cinemaholics and the author of Killer Joy and the Pixar Theory, which is something right up your alley, I mm-hmm. think. Um, anyway, so I'll be on Cinemaholics next week talking Justice League. Boy, will I be out of my depth. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. Ryan, do you have anything else you want to say before we cut and run?
1: Mm guys enjoy this journey just yeah. enjoy this it's you're you're in for a very enjoyable ride with this book sit back and relax don't try to bomb it yeah just just read it leisurely there's there's no prize at the finish line for finishing this book fast no
0: <laughs> uh that that is a good thing to reiterate so Thanks uh, once again everybody for listening and again thelegendarium.reddit.com please go join the conversation there and for heaven's sake do not spoil anything in this book for anybody else whether you're there or on the Sanderson subs or anywhere else and support the show at patreon.com slash legendarium and make sure you subscribe to our show on iTunes and leave a review we would very much appreciate that tell us what you think as long as what you think is good uh, then you can leave a review there Uh, unless you want to give us five stars and be snarky like we were doing before that's that's fine too yeah uh okay so i'll see you guys in a week for what's that thing we're reading towers Towers of midnight